to John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6. If you need a lesson, if you need a lesson, raise your hand. If you need a lesson, raise your hand. Oh, we got several. Who's going to help me with that? Somebody grab them lessons and find somebody. Uh, uh, Shane, you want to help us with them lessons? Grab a handful of them back there. Raise your hand real high. You ain't got nothing back there. All right. Where'd they go? I know I printed enough. All right, they're still raising. You got some more? Come on through. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Keep it high. Keep it high. This will be your exercise for the day. All the way over. All the way over. See, this crowd over here, they, they, they right. They got them. Amen? All right, raise your hand. Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand. Make sure we get them there. How many of y'all glad to be saved? Well, we, we had uh, uh, Pop Poole, his, his, his home-going service today, his memorial service, if you will. Uh, uh, raise your hand, raise your hand real high. We got some more coming. Make sure everybody gets one all the way in the back. They're waving in the back, Brother, Brother Bird, back there. Uh, you know what? I told somebody this morning, I, I said, he asked me, what are you doing? I said, well, I've got a funeral today. He said, oh, goodness, oh, goodness. And usually that is a bad thing because it's one of the hardest things you do in the ministry, but... Uh, depending on the person, the person by his life can make it easy. And Pop was one of those kind. Uh, he made it easy. How many of y'all know you preach your own funeral by the life you live? I've, I've tried, I've tried to, to make a policy and, and do the very best I can. I, I'm not going to preach anybody into heaven or out of hell. Don't, don't, don't come and, 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 and live like crazy and then come and set, want to brag on the person how good they are and everybody know they's low down. Say amen. Just, it's, it's just not going to happen. I, I, that ain't going to happen. But when, when you are able to say and testify and know that everything you say is backed up by the lifestyle this man lived, it makes it a whole lot easier. Amen? amen. And so I want you to pray for that family. I pray for Amber and Angie and all the family there. Uh, they miss him, but they're glad he's where he's been longing to be. Amen? Let's look in John chapter number 6, and we'll read just a few verses, and then, then we can be seated today. It says in, in chapter number 6, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him. Why were they following him? Because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. In other words, they were more concerned about his miracles than they were his message. His message is what was important to them. Excuse me, his miracles are what was important to them. In other words, it was more of a physical issue than it was a spiritual issue. We want our needs met. And it says, And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples in the Passover. A feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread? The word whence there means what source. Where are we going to get bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? How I many of y'all felt like that at the end of the month? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so that the men sat down in number about 5,000. 
And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would, as much as they would, they were Baptists, amen. This was an all-you-can-eat ordeal, amen. As much as they would, and when they were filled, say amen again. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for the privilege of being in your house. And uh, Lord, thank you for all these people that's come out to hear from you. Uh, Lord, they deserve to hear your word, and, and they, they, they came anticipating that. I pray that you'll help me. Uh, Lord, help me think clearly. Lord, help me, help me uh, to do everything I can to share your word with them. Lord, I need your unction, and I need the Spirit of God to help me and give me what I need to say. Lord, I love you, and I, Lord, I thank you for all that you do for me. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your calling. I thank you for your forgiveness and mercy. God, I pray that you'll help us now in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. This, this uh, gospel that we are looking at, the gospel of John, we, we, and I, I don't want to every single chapter we go into uh, repeat everything we say in all the studies, but, but it, it, it goes well to say here that this is the gospel of John. The gospel of John was written... Uh, later than the other Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, uh, and, and John was supplementing uh, the, the miracles that he did. He said in the back of the book, there were many miracles that he did. I mean, matter of fact, uh, he, he said the books of this world cannot contain all of the things that the Lord did while he was here. All the miracles, all the things, all the, all the healings and everything that he did. The books of this world could not contain. But these are written. These signs, these miracles, these specific ones that I'm going to list, they have been written and they are recorded so that you might believe that this man Jesus, this, this man, all right, this human being that's walking on this planet, this carpenter's son that you have come to know, this man Jesus is God's son or God in the flesh. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And by believing that he is the Son of God, you might have life through his name. So the, whole, the ultimate purpose there is for you to come to a knowledge of Jesus and, and the, the opportunity to have salvation in your life and be saved. So we know there's tons of stuff that he did. But this particular miracle here in chapter number 6 is one that's recorded. As a matter of fact, it's the only one that's recorded, uh, as far as I can tell, the only one recorded in all four Gospels, all four of them. And, and one of the significant things about this is probably because it was such a great miracle in magnitude. In other words, in other words, most of the miracles he did, some were in private, uh, some were for an individual or a different person here, uh, but this miracle included a bunch of people. It was in scale, it was huge. Are y'all with me? Say amen. One of the numbers given 
One of the numbers given is, is the number 5,000. Uh, but to understand that it's even more than that in the Jewish day, in that day when they would count, when they would do this, the stuff they did, they didn't count women and children, they count by men, or specifically, they counted by families. In other words, there was 5,000 men or, or probably 5,000 families. So there could have been, there's a great possibility, there could have been twenty to 25,000 people on this hillside. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, uh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I want to encourage you to do this. When, when, you, when you find a, a, a story, when you find a miracle, or you find something that you're reading in the Gospels, get all the accounts. Go to every one of them. I, for this one, I was, I was getting ready to, to, to speak to you. I read Matthews, I read Marks, I read Luke's, and I read John's, all four of them. And I put them all together, read all of them, and they complement each other. And it's, it's like you get the whole picture by reading them all together. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to I take you through a, a, a stroll through the Gospels in this particular, this particular miracle. And I'm just going to say it to you. I'm not going to, you know, I was going to print off the verses, but it'd take too long and we'd run out of time. Say amen. So I'm just going to tell you what happened. This is the story of what happened. If you go back and read, if you go back and study the, the different Gospels, you'll find out that this particular thing took place right after the execution of John Baptist. This was the cousin, this was the cousin of the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples heard about it. They saw what happened. They heard about it. They went and got his body and buried him. And the disciples came back and told Jesus what had happened. They told Jesus what Herod had done. And, and, and so here is Jesus, really, and the way I look at it, I mean, I may be adding a little bit here or just giving you my opinion about this particular thing. Jesus was trying to get away. I mean, here his cousin has been murdered. Here his cousin's been executed. Uh, uh, the forerunner of Jesus in his humanity, in his humanity, you know, there's probably, there's probably uh, a great angst in that, that situation. And so he's getting away. He goes out into a desert place, it says. Uh, uh, and you say, well, it's a desert place in one gospel and a mountain in the other. The, the word desert means isolated or, or out on its own. In other words, it, it is a wilderness area. In other words, Jesus is just trying to get away from everything and everybody. But here's the thing. If you're, if you're healing everybody's sickness and you're, you're fixing everybody that's got problems, you got to understand something. There wasn't hospitals in that day, and there wasn't clinics in that day. There wasn't anything like we have today. Uh, when you hear about a man that can fix any problem, guess what? You're going to be pretty popular. So when Jesus tried to get away and get his disciples and, 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 and just, you know, uh, uh, whether it was just to, to, to mourn or, or to grieve or whatever it might be over, over his cousin being executed, he's out in this place, and, and, and they hear about it, so they follow on foot. They come and they find him. And I'm talking about a major crowd, up to 20,000 people. And it's amazing. It's amazing how Jesus operates. It, it, it doesn't matter. Whenever you get him, whenever you get him around hurting people, he just, he just goes into action. I mean, he can't help it. That's who he is. He's, 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 he's love. He's mercy. He's compassion. It says when he saw the crowd, when he saw the multitude, he began to heal their diseases. And so here he is. Here he is. He's teaching. He's healing. He's blessing. He's ministering. He's serving all of these people. Now think, 20,000 people. 
And he's just ministering. And he's just healing. And, and the day's getting away. They're here in the wilderness area. Time's going by. This service is lasting a long time. Say amen. I mean, it, it, gets to, it gets where now it's late. Now it's late. His disciples, <clears throat> says, according to the Gospels, his disciples come to him specifically and say, Look, man, it's late. I believe this is the, this is the, the pulpit committee saying, You've gone overtime. Amen. Look, it's late. This is a bad place. We, there's nothing out here. Uh, send them away. Send them away. Let them go find their food. Let them go find what they need. Let them go into the villages or whatever. Let them go find something. But the specific thing they said was, send them away. You know what Jesus said? They, not, they need not depart. They need not depart. And then he said this, you feed them. What? Can you imagine the disciples? Now think about this. They've, they've been ministering with him all day. They've been in the crowd mixing with him all day, serving with him all day. 20,000 people. And he says, you feed them. Well, they say, how are we going to do that? 200 penny worth is not a... In other words, number one, we don't have the money. Surely they were Baptists, amen. What's the first thing I always say? Oh, we preach it, we don't have the money for that. We, you know, number one, we don't have the money. And even if we did, we would only have enough for them to get a little bit. I mean, I'm talking about negative. And then Jesus says this. I mean, this is putting all the Gospels together. Read them all. This is great. Then Jesus says this. Well, what do you have? What do you have? Matter of fact, won't you go see? What's he doing? He's including them in the whole deal. Now, he knew what he was going to do. He knew, he knew the situation. He knew what was going to take place. He knew exactly how, how this thing was going to unfold and, and everything, how it was all going to work out. He knew what he was going to do. But he said, feed them. We don't have enough. Well, what do you have? Matter of fact, go search and find out what you got. Well, then they come back to him. And they say, well, we tried. But all we could find was this little, this little lad. This little lad. And this little lad has a little lunch. I, I preached a message one time out of this subject, a lad, a lunch, and a Lord. Amen. We have this little lad, and he's got a little lunch. Everything's little. And then it said this. Then they said this, even to make it worse, said, but what good is this among so many? You know what Jesus said? Bring it here. Bring it here. Man, I know where I'm going. Y'all ain't even getting it yet. I can feel it. Amen. Bring me what you got. Bring me that little bit. Bring me what you think is insignificant. Bring me what you don't think. Man, say amen. And you know the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. He began to, he blessed it. He prayed over it. And he began to break it. And as he broke the bread... As he broke the bread, he gave to the disciples. 
he gave to the disciples. Now that's significant. That's significant. I want you to get that. That's significant. Uh, in, in our life, as we apply the Bible to our lives, we're disciples. Okay, y'all with me? We're disciples. We're disciples. So that would be us. Jesus could have very well, Jesus could have very well said, all you negative people sit over here on the sideline. Let me take this last lunch and show you what's up. Right? He had every right to do that. But what did he do? What did he do? He said, here, 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 here. He gave it to the disciples. Then the disciples, they divided it out. And they kept dividing. And they kept dividing. And they kept giving. And they kept giving. And, and by the way, by the way, don't think this five loaves is loaves like you think. It's not like five loaves of Wonder Bread. Hey, man. It's like my, my dad used to say it's like five cathead biscuits. Hey, man. I mean, that's what it was. It was really a little biscuit, a barley, a barley cracker biscuit, and, and usually the fish were pickled fish, pickled sardines. God help us right there. It had to be blessed by the Lord. Amen. <laughs> and he just keeps passing it out and passing it out and passing it out and passing it out. And he passed, and this is the great part. This is what I love. This is, and he gave them all they wanted till they didn't want no more. And then... And then he was country. Say, man, don't waste nothing. Get it all. Gather it all up. Gather the fragments. Gather everything. What did he have left? Twelve baskets filled. Twelve baskets filled. We'll talk about that in a minute. But that's the story. That's how it all worked. That's how it all took place. Now, now here's, here's what I want to take from this. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to go into this possibly next week. And, and, and look at how, how the true message of this chapter is, is, is that people look for Jesus for all the wrong reasons. You know, they come to God, they come to God because they want their problems solved, or they come to God because they want their sickness healed, or it's, it's, not, about, it's not about their spirit, it's not about their sin, it's not about being delivered or redeemed. It's just we want to fix her. And, 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 and they didn't believe in him, in his message, as much as his miracles. And, and so that's, the, that's really the, the, the truth and the, and, and the arrow that is hitting the target in this particular chapter. But I want to apply something, and I want to use something out of this story that I believe will be an encouragement to you. It was an encouragement to me. Uh, the, the word miracle, the word miracle, we throw it around a lot. And, 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 and I, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I like seeing God do some cool stuff. How about, how about y'all? You're sitting, honest to God, you're sitting in a miracle. This, this, this whole thing is a miracle. This whole thing, people said it couldn't be done. This whole thing was something that was, was in a negative way and in a negative light and said it's just too hard to build a church in Coleman and, and this is tried and that has done this and all this kind of stuff. But it is a true miracle. I, I, I don't take credit for any of this stuff. God knows if anybody in this building knows it ain't me, it's him. Say amen. And I know that and I love seeing that. I, I love looking around and see what God does. I love, I love seeing miracles like God saving sure enough hoodlums. Y'all with me? I, I'm talking about, I, I, I look back over my life and I, I think about men like Paul Owens and, 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 and Johnny Atkinson and, and different ones that, that everybody in town knew how, 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 how 
bad these guys were and how what kind of reputation they had. And they, oh, this was a type. They walked in the door. The roof surely is going to fall down. But they got saved. I'm talking about wonderfully saved. I'm talking about the Jesus verily, verily kind of saved. Amen. Changed their life forever. Man, they're in church. And man, what a miracle that is. Man, like my dad. And like my dad who had this reputation and God saved him. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about got the verily, verily kind gone from light to, or from darkness to light and from death to life. Just totally changed his life. There was one day, there was one day I, we, we had work day at the church. And, and I was in the front, in, in, in the front by the, uh, where the church we had, there was like a, a, a porch on the front of the church. And I was changing the light bulb on the porch on the front of the church. And this car got, uh, pulled in the parking lot, and this dude got out the car, and it was one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life. And he walks, he walks up, and 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 you got to understand where I grew up in the area I grew up, it was it was kind of rough and, and and racially and all that kind of thing. It was just you know it was, they, they were still living in the '60s, and it and 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 he walks up there and he says he says, "Is that Malcolm Carter's name on that sign?" Yes, sir. He said, where he is? And I didn't want to answer. I, I, I want to say, he ain't here. Amen. And about that time, Dad and a few of the men from the church come around the corner because they was in the back doing something. And, 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 and Dad looked at him, and that guy looked at Dad. And, and, it, and it was like all of a sudden, they just kind of recognized each other. And, and, and the big guy said, Lord, have mercy. I'd have never believed this. And Dad said something, and they, 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 they gave each other a hug, and I thought, what in God's name was that about? <laughs> and Dad told me later on, Dad told me later on that he, this, guy, uh, this guy was over a certain group in the school, and he, Dad was over the other group in the school, and it was just their, their, their uh, duty to fight every day. I mean, they hated each other. They fought each other. They scrapped each other through the whole school year. I mean, it was their thing. And, but what happened is this big guy got saved. Dad got saved. He was driving by and saw on the sign Malcolm Carter. He said, I didn't believe it. I had to see it for myself. You say, what is that? It's a miracle. That's a miracle. I've seen, I seen God... I've seen God do some unbelievable things, not just saving people, not just, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about money showing up when we didn't have any. I remember, I remember when we first come into this building, it was tough, man. I mean, it was tight. Everybody gets, everybody thinks, you know, criticizes Temple because, you know, when we first moved into this building, we didn't have songbooks. So y'all getting all high at that technology and y'all just, y'all just leave, leaving y'all's roots. Y'all ain't got songbooks. You know why? We couldn't afford them. We spent all the money on the building. I mean, literally, we were was, we was struggling, struggling trying to get by. We, 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 we made it week by week. And I remember one time I, I was helping Brother Dole. He was before he was on staff, and I was helping him painting. And Miss Barrett called me and, 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 and said, are you sitting down? And I'm like, oh, no. I said, yes. And about that time, the phone went out. I lost service. Now, how many of y'all know when you hear that and you lose service, all you're doing is thinking negative? 
for 15 miles. I was just thinking, who's done died? Who's done mad? Who's going to leave the church? What in the world's going to do? What bill came in that we don't have enough to pay for? And finally got service. Finally got service. And I said, what's wrong? She said, you ain't going to believe it, but there was a such and such amount of money, a check come in the mail that somebody that used to go here and don't go here no more, God told them to send it, and here's a bill, and it was just enough for what we needed that week. She said, was you happy? I said, no, I was mad. I said, you tell me that first next time. <laughs> it did that not happen, Miss Barry, did that not happen? You know what? That's a miracle. I love seeing that. But this story, it really tells us some stuff about miracles. And, and I, I want to do this. I want to do a survey. How many of y'all would, would love to see a sure enough miracle? Amen. All right, let me see. Keep them up. Keep them up. I want to see who's lying. All right. How many, of you, how many of you would answer this survey? How many of you have ever needed a sure enough miracle? I've talked with some, some of you in here, and some of you in here have had relatives that were sick with disease, and you prayed, and you told me about your miracle. And I've witnessed that, and I've seen that, and, and all this stuff. And, man, that's something we love. And we want to see God do in an incredible way. And, and not only that, I love it when God gets to use us in the miracle. But here's one thing you got to learn. Number one, take a note, write this down. I want you to see the atmosphere for a miracle. <clears throat> the atmosphere for a miracle. This is, this is something that, 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 you know, we don't like to talk about this part. <clears throat> but the atmosphere for a miracle. Let me just give you both of them. You can write them down, then you can listen to me. Okay, that way you ain't trying to figure out what I'm going to say or what goes in the blank, all right? Write this down. Just put this here. I want you to see the place. And the problem. Write that down and look at me. That way you can focus on what I'm saying and not try to think you missed it. The place and the problem. The Bible says it's a, it's a desert place. It's a, it's a wilderness. It's a hopeless place. In other words, there's no McDonald's. There's no Arby's. Uh, there's no Kroger. There is no uh, 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 Publix. There is no WDG. There's none of this stuff. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing to look forward to. There's nowhere to find anything. There's no source of substance. Nothing. There's nothing out here. It is a hopeless situation. It is a hopeless situation. Not only, not only is the place deserted, it's a wilderness area, it is a hopeless area, but they've got a problem because now they are sitting in a hopeless place and now they are hungry. So here we not only are in a bad place, but we got a bad problem. You say, you don't think that's a bad problem? If you've ever been hungry, that's a bad problem. Say amen. Now, what is the point? What is the point? I, I, was, looking back, I was looking back through the, the scriptures, and, and I, I, begin to, I begin to look at the miracles. And I begin to investigate the miracles, not just the ones in John, but, but other places and other things and the things that Jesus did. Do you know that, do you know that, that, that all of the miracles... Are usually, are usually around or centered in or have something to do with a problem, pain, fear, or a need. 
Let that sink in a minute. Preacher, what are you saying? We all raised our hand and said, I want to see a miracle. It would be great. It would be cool to see a miracle. Well, what you just said was, I want a need. I want a problem. I want to be afraid. I, why are y'all so quiet now? I want some pain in my life. You see where I'm going with this? Everybody wants to talk about the miracles and everybody wants to talk about the great things and the move of God and the hand of God and the power. And I do too. Man, I love preaching about it. I love seeing it. I love hearing it testified. I love hearing people say, let me tell you what God's done for me. Let me tell you how God showed out. Let me tell you how God showed up and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but when, the, when, the, when the rubber meets the road and when we really get down to the real deal, we find out that miracles always take place centered around issues, centered around painful situations, centered around fearful things, things that make us afraid, things that hurt us, things that bring pain into our life. Listen, the miracle always comes to do with something that stresses us out. Preacher, what are you saying? The atmosphere for a miracle is usually a difficult thing. It's usually a problem. Hence, it wouldn't need a miracle. Now you say, why are you saying that? Really, it sounds discouraging. I'm going to just tell you from what I've just heard of myself, it sounds discouraging. But you know what? Here's the thing. I'm trying to encourage you that's in that problem right now. I'm trying to tell you the one that's in that fearful situation right now. Maybe you're the one that's gotten bad news right now. Maybe you're the one that's got this great need right now. Maybe you are the one who has a problem that you can't solve, something that you can't fix, something that you can't turn around. And you're wondering, what in the world? Why am I in this situation? It could be God has just set you up so you could see a great miracle. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to just tell you all right now, right, just straight up honest, not whatsoever. I don't like problems. I don't, I don't like stressful situations. I don't like conflict. I, don't, I like when everybody likes me, <laughs> including Tammy. That's really encouraging. Are you all with me? I mean, I like it when we're getting along. I like it when my children think I'm okay, and I like it when my dog will come and let me pet. Are y'all with me? I like all that stuff. But you know what? It's usually not those times when you can see God like he wants you to see him. I like it when everything's going smooth. I hate it when I, I, I was, I was kind of whining today, to be honest with you. I hate to admit this, but I was kind of whining to a friend of mine. And, and, and my, my friend, he's kind of blunt and and he's kind of just straight to the point, and I hate him sometimes. <clears throat> well, I, I dislike him a lot sometimes. And I, I was telling him something. I said, man, I'm just so aggravated because something's just going on I got to deal with. And I said, man, I didn't do nothing this time. This is not my fault. I didn't do this. Is, I'm stressed out over somebody else's stupidity. Say amen. And this is what he said. Do you want me to feel sorry for you? 
I want to say, I don't want nothing from you. Amen. He said, you're pastoring one of the largest churches in Coleman. Do you think I'm going to feel sorry for you? Do you realize that just comes with the territory? That's just part of the deal? And you know what I thought immediately? I said, I don't want none of this deal. But you know what he was trying to say? We don't want the junk, and we don't want the pain, and we don't want the fear, but we do want the miracle. And sometimes we got to understand, we have to walk through the fire so we can witness or walk with the Lord. And in your, your most broken time is usually when you see Him more than any time in your life. When did the three Hebrew children walk with the Lord where it is visibly seen that they walk with the Lord? It was in the fiery furnace. Are y'all with me? Sometimes God has to present a problem in your life or a need in your life so you can see what He can do. Are you with me? Say amen. Can you see the atmosphere for a miracle? It's not always fun. It's not easy. It's not ever easy. It's usually not something we would pick. And by the way, I, I was just taking my own notes and writing this down. Do you know what our human nature is? Do you know what our human nature is? When, when the disciples came to Jesus, you know what their first statement was? When, now, now, now watch this. They are seeing the problem. Jesus knows there's a problem. And Jesus knows what he's going to do about the problem. But when the disciples see the problem, you know what their first instinct was? Send them. You know what they're saying? Let's avoid it. Now, how many of y'all would agree? I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to raise my hand. How many of y'all would agree that sometimes the, the, the first instinct that we have, the first thing we, we usually do when it comes a problem is we want to... Avoid it. Send them away. Maybe if we run fast enough, they can't catch us, amen? Maybe if I will ignore it like it's not there, it will go away. We don't want problems. We don't want a need. I want, I want everything taken care of. Well, preacher, how many of y'all know that is not reality? Send them away. Jesus has proven a point. He said, they don't need to depart. You feed them. Oh. How many of you, how many times has Jesus told you something and you was like, what? You feed them. You feed them. Look at number two. I'm going to get running a rabbit and we're not going to finish again. Amen. What was number one? We see the atmosphere, the atmosphere for a miracle. Number two, I want you to see the attributes. <clears throat> Write that word down. The attributes for a miracle. First, first there's got to be a concern for the need. There's got to be a concern for the need. John chapter 6 verse 5, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him. He said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? Jesus was concerned about the need. You know what? Sometimes there are certain people who will never experience a miracle, never get to see a miracle because they don't care. 
I'll be honest with you. Sometimes, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes when, when you have to deal with that all the time, all the time problems, all the time heartbreak, all the time brokenness, all the time needs, all the time something. Are y'all with me? Sometimes you get to a point, you get to a point where, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's just uh, send them away. But the Bible says Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus cared. And, and the only way, the only way that we're going to see a miracle, let's just put it in, in perspective. The only way we're going to see a miracle in our city is to care. I, I want to use something that's kind of on the front burner right now at Temple because God's kind of doing something with this in, in, in the, in, at the moment is the hope ministry. There, there was a time when life recovery was one of the, the major things on the front burner and doing things, and, and it's, kind of, uh, it, it's kind of just blossomed into a great ministry, doing great things right now. Uh, but right now, we, God is kind of putting together the Hope Ministry, Hope uh, 365, which is basically those struggling with, with mental issues and, and those struggling uh, uh, with, with depression, discouragement, that type of thing, and, and all the issues that go with that. But do you realize, do you realize that is one thing that a lot of people would say, let them go away? Because, because it's so much out there. It's so much out there. There's so much there. It is being overwhelmed. People are being overwhelmed. Uh, 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 ministries are being overwhelmed. And here's the thing. The only way we're going to see a miracle in this deal is if we care if we care there has to be a concern for the need there has to be a concern for the lack there has to be a concern for what is needed but here's the second thing that is even more important it is even more important there has to be confidence there has to be confidence say preacher what is that let me just use this old-fashioned word there's got to be some faith how many of y'all know if God calls you to it, he will bring you through it? If God brings you to the need, he will give you what you need to get through and to meet that need. If he calls you and says, I want to involve you, say, where does God, where does it say that God won't involve you? He said it, you feed him. God wants us to do something. God wants us to step up. God wants us, when I say us, I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church. When we see a need, don't wait till somebody else does something. Say, hey, here am I. Send me. And know, and know. What did Jesus say? He already knew what he would do. He was confident in the issue. He wasn't biting his fingernails. He wasn't worried to death. He wasn't fretting over what was going on or what was going to take place. How are we going to figure this out? He wasn't in a budget crisis. He didn't get out his calculator and start counting people and saying, all right, how can we move this around? He knew what he would do. What's the point? Even when we can't see it, we got to trust in the one that already knows. Because I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, at that point, them disciples did not have a clue about what was fixing to happen. All they knew is they saw a need, and then not only did they see a need, but they heard a call. They heard a call. You feed them. 
You say, what's taking place with this hope ministry? Several weeks ago, uh, it may be a couple months now, I'm not sure exactly when the time was, we had, a, we had a life recovery event here at the church. We had a life recovery event here at the church, and it was a, 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 a pretty cool deal, and we got together, and, and, and they ate, and they had a, 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 a band come in, and, and they asked me to speak, and I spoke on the subject, the other side of Elijah. Everybody knows about Elijah. Everybody knows about He's, the, he's the, the Old Testament version of John the Baptist in the New Testament, one of the most powerful prophets in the Old Testament. He was a man who stood at, at, just in the, in, the, in the king's face and just was, was as confident and was full of God as anything, went up to Mount Carmel and, and called fire down from heaven. I'm talking about this guy was bad to the bone. He challenged the whole nation, everybody. Even when he said, you need to make up your mind. Choose who you're going to serve. If God be God, if Baal be God, make up your mind. And they answered him not a word. So he stood toe-to-toe alone against all those prophets of Baal, all the prophets of the grove, called fire down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. He won the challenge, killed all of the prophets. Y'all with me? He was the man. Prayed and, it started, and the rain came. Then he, y'all know what happened. He went to the palace and was threatened, ran for his life, and went into a depression and went into a cave and really got suicidal. He said, I don't even want to live anymore. He began to think thoughts that he really shouldn't be thinking and things that were not even true. I'm not even as good as my father's. I'm no good whatsoever. I just want to die. The other side of Elijah. Nobody talks about that side. Nobody wants to discuss that part. Everybody wants to discuss fire on the mountain, but nobody wants to discuss depression and discouragement in the cave. What happened? And I preached on that, and I had no idea the response that was going to take place from that. And you know what? You know what happened? You know what happened? God uncovered a need. I was blown away. And y'all know what happened? The very next Sunday, I preached on suicide. And I got more text messages. I got more Facebook messages. I got everything in the world sent to me. I, I had no idea the need was so great. And some of y'all don't even understand. Some of y'all think, oh, yeah, that's out there. That's in the streets. Boy, they need. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people sitting in the pew beside you. You know what God did? He just peeled back and showed us a need. And I'll be honest with you. God said, help them. Just like he uncovered a need and told these guys, you feed them. God said, help them. And you know, what I, 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 you know what I felt like? I felt like those disciples. What? I, I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I don't, I don't have any professional training in that. How am I going to do that? I know y'all are a lot more spiritual. And y'all don't think like that when God shows you something you need to do. But you know what? I got to trust. I got to trust that if the need's there and God said do something about it, God already knows what he's going to do. 
Are y'all with me? So guess what we're going to do? We're going to help them. I know what your next question is. How? I don't know. You say, what did they do? They just brought it to G. Well, first, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Get ahead. See, y'all got me running that rabbit again. Amen. What happened? Jesus said, Jesus said, what do you have? Go and see. You know what I think we need to do when we find a need in our life, a problem in our life, an issue in our life? Let's go see what we got. And then guess what? Guess what? Now here's the thing. This is this is just this is a little weird study tonight. I don't know why, but I'm I'm, I'm just feel this right here. Here's the thing. When we go see the first instinct we always have is nothing. I don't have anything. How many of y'all have seen a situation in your life which required a miracle? And when you looked at your status, when you looked at what you have, it seemed like you didn't have anything. I don't have a way to fix this. I don't have the means to meet this need. I don't have what, you know, I, don't, I can't solve this. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You remember when the widow came to the prophet in the Old Testament and said, listen, the creditors are coming for my sons. I'm in debt. They're going to come take my sons. I need some help. And you know, what, you know what he said? What do you have in the house? You know what her first response was? Nothing. And then she started thinking, uh, but this little pot of oil. He said, well, go get it. Matter of fact, go get all the pots you can. Get all of the vessels you can. And y'all know what happened. It's kind of the same way with this miracle here. She just started, she, she took what she had and began to fill them vessels and fill them vessels and fill them vessels to the point she filled up every one she had and there was nothing left and the oil stayed. What's the point? What's the point? Jesus doesn't need what you don't have. He can use what you do have. Well, what, 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 I, what I need, whatever you got. I'm going to do, do an experiment. Now, I'm not going to use the word dollars because then you won't participate. <clears throat> let's, say, let's, say, let's say we need a million. Say million what? It don't matter. Let's just say we have a million. All right. I, 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 need, I need to meet this need. I need to meet this need of a million. All right? Brother Brown, what do you got? Nothing. All right? Change that number to something. You got something. Didn't you hear me preach for 10 minutes? You got something? Everybody's got something? Are you paying attention? All right, let's try this again. What you got? A little. Well, give me a number. What is a little? A hundred. Okay. He's got a hundred. How many do we need? A million. And you know what? His hundred is enough. You know why? That's what he's got. All right, Brother Eddie. Well, you need a million. What do you got? A thousand. You know what? His is different. But you know what? It is enough. enough. You know why? Because it's what you it's what you have. So why, 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 why are you doing all this? What I'm trying to tell you is this. No matter where you find yourself in this need for a miracle, what you got already is But the secret is getting it into the hands of the Lord. What did he tell them? Bring it to me. All right, number three, number three. Hurry, I just looked at the clock. Bad. 
The atmosphere for a miracle. The attributes for a miracle. Number three, I want you to see the attitude. The attitude for a miracle. <clears throat> it is characterized by sacrifice. It is characterized by sacrifice. Preacher, what are you saying? They bring this little lad, and his mama packed his lunch. Now, here's the thing. There's one, one or two things that's here. One... His mama was the smartest person on the planet because she was the only one that thought of a need coming up. Y'all with me? Either she was the smartest person on the planet to make sure little, little Johnny had what he needed or, or, I got, I got something else that could be, or he was the only one willing to give it up. Either way, either way, someone had to sacrifice to make this miracle happen. What are you saying, preacher? Sometimes the Lord is waiting to see if you're going to believe. It's kind of like this. The preacher's walking down the road. The preacher's walking down the road, and he comes by the farmer and says, says, Hey, uh, 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 Farmer Joe, he says, let me ask you a question. He says, shoot, Parson. He said, he said, if you happen to have three cows, would you give God one of them? He said, preacher, if I had three, I'd give God one of them. He said, if you had three mules, he said, would you give God one of them? He said, preacher, you know if I had three mules, I'd give God one of them. He said, if you had three pigs, he said, wait a minute, preacher, you already know I got three pigs. <laughs> What's the point? Everybody's willing to sacrifice till it calls to sacrifice. Y'all with me? And this little lad had to be willing to say, hey, I got something. I've got something. It's characterized by sacrifice, but then write this down, write this down. Write this down. This is, this is important. It's usually criticized by the skeptic. What did they tell Jesus? What did they tell Jesus? In John chapter number 6, verse 9. But what are they among so many? Here's the thing you got to look at. Anytime you take a step to serve God, to do something for God, to, to, to experience a miracle in your life, expect somebody to have something negative to say about it. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Somebody's going to be critical. Somebody's going to be negative. If you try anything for God that's significant in any way whatsoever, somebody's going to have something to say about it. And if you don't understand that ahead of time, if you don't get that in your head ahead of time, if you don't get down deep in your heart, there's always going to be criticism about something significant. You're going to want to quit and give up. You're going to take it personal. But you cannot do that. How many times have I told you the story when we were sitting on the roof and I said, hey, can you see a 500-seat auditorium up there? And what was their expression? No. Nope. It's too hard to build a church in Coleman. People, it's just too discouraging. It's just it's a tough place. There's churches everywhere. There's too many churches in Coleman. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on and on. What if, we, what if I don't listen? Don't listen to critics. Let me say it again. Don't listen to critics. Are y'all with me? 
critics have never done anything significant ever in history. They just want to talk about the people who do. Are y'all with me? Well, preacher, I just got a little. Y'all remember what Becca told me on that run and she's doing that P90X junk and want me to do all that stuff and exercise and all that stuff? And I'm sitting on that. I said, baby, I can't stay up with you. He said, she said, daddy, but you, even no matter how slow you go, you're lapping the ones on the couch. I don't have much, preacher. God will take what you have. Man, one of, one, of my, one of my most favorite verses in all the Bible, I'm telling you, one of my most favorite verses in all the Bible is where the prophet is talking about uh, where the, the lion comes and takes and mauls one of the lambs. And this is what it says. It says the shepherd, the shepherd runs down the lion and takes out of the lion's mouth a leg, and a piece of an ear. You say, why is that encouraging? Now think about this in the application. Now, I, I, I studied that phrase out and those pieces out. A piece of a leg and, and a piece of an ear. And you know what? Most, most commentaries say this is the insignificant parts of the sheep. And I thought about that one day. And I was praying, I was saying, Lord, why in the world would the shepherd run down a lion, risk his life, and take out of the lion's mouth a leg and a piece of an ear? Why would he risk his life for something that is insignificant? And boy, it was like the Holy Spirit just flooded into my soul and my heart and said to the shepherd, there is nothing insignificant about the sheep. There is nothing non-important about the sheep. Do you realize that the shepherd can do more with a leg and a piece of an ear than the devil can do with your whole body? Now, what is the illustration and the application of this? People have wasted their life, thrown stuff away most of their life, and they think they don't have nothing left to give to God, nothing left to offer for a miracle. And what God is saying, it doesn't matter what you've got left, I can use it. There is nothing insignificant. There is nothing worthwhile. You say, preacher, I've thrown all of it away. You're still here. You're still breathing. No matter what you have, don't let people criticize it. Stand up and say, God, whatever I got left, I'm offering it to you. And it will blow your mind what God can do with it when he gets his hands on it. What are these? What are these among so many? You may hear that in your life. Just think, you're in good company. I'll tell you what these are. These are headed to the master's hand. Somebody say amen. Look at the next one. Oh, goodness. Got to hurry, got to hurry. What was number one? We see the, the atmosphere for a miracle. Number two, the. Number three, the. Number four, the. Uh, oh, I didn't give it to you yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. The accomplishment. The accomplishment. We're, we're just going to just write that. Well, I got to give you two things. Write these things down. Write these things down and we'll talk about it. First, the sacrifice is multiplied. In other words, whatever you're willing to give the Lord, he will multiply it. 
Whatever you're willing to give the Lord, he will multiply it. And then here's the deal. And this is the ultimate. <clears throat> this, is the, this is the end goal with everything in our life. Everything. The Savior is magnified. Look what it says. Then those, this is verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. I wrote down here, I wrote down here in my notes right here, God's glory is always the ultimate goal. And, and, and just write that down and look at me a minute. I got 57, well, I got two minutes and 57 seconds. Two minutes. Look at me. Everybody write that down and look at me. Look at me. The purpose of a miracle. Y'all listen up in the balcony. Y'all paying attention up there because I can't see you. Ah, there y'all are. The purpose of a miracle is not a full belly. The purpose of a miracle is not the end of pain. The purpose of a miracle is not, is not our fear taken away. Y'all remember when he said, peace, be still. That's not the purpose. You say, what's the big deal? What, what difference does it make? Oh, it makes all the difference in the world. And I'm going to share something with you. You might not understand. This may be a little deep for you for tonight. But when you do get it, it will transform your life. Because charismatics are, are just, just totally destroying and using false teaching and doctrine in this area. The purpose of a miracle was never the comfort of the people. The purpose of the miracle is to bring glory to God. Do y'all remember, do y'all remember when, when the man that was born blind, born blind, Jesus and his disciples came up to him? I, I think I got it in your notes right here. I'm going to show you something. Uh, let's see. Verse, look up, look up at, at, at B, point number one, B. Point number one, B, John 9. Are y'all there? Say amen. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? In other words, they believed that the problem came because of disobedience. Who sinned? Did the man sin to cause himself to be blind? Or did the parent sin because he was born that way? Maybe they sinned and that's what caused him to be blind. Does that make sense? Say amen. Watch what it says. Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. In other words, that was not the cause or the purpose of the blindness but that the works of God should be manifest in him. You mean it was God's will for this man to be blind? Yes. Why? So one day Jesus and his disciples could walk by and God could show his power and glory through a miracle in this man's life. And the purpose of the miracle was not so this man could see and have a better life. The purpose of the miracle so God could be glorified. The purpose of this miracle here in chapter number 6 was not so they could have a full belly. 
It was so that they could see the creative power of God and the creative power of Jesus and believe that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. Now you say, why is that so significant? Because there are people today that are teaching that no matter if you have enough faith, you can heal anything. If you have enough faith, all you got to do is pray and God will heal, heal cancer. God will heal diabetes. God will heal heart disease. If you got enough faith, if you believe enough, he'll heal anything. It's God. Now, I've heard this. It's God's will to heal everyone. That's what they're teaching. It's God's will to heal everyone. The, only, the ones that are being healed and the ones that are not, are, it's just a difference in their level of faith. And let me tell you something, that's hogwash. The purpose of healing is the glory of God. Preacher, what are you saying? Then why did the disciples go through hell on earth while they were there and all of them were martyred and executed? Why did Paul tell Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach's sake and his often infirmities? Why didn't he just tell him, get some more faith and heal yourself? Because sometimes God gets more glory out of our suffering than he does our healing. And the purpose of a miracle is always the glory of God. You know, if modern-day charismatics would have been there with the children of Israel at the fiery furnace, when they got thrown in, you know what they said? Well, you didn't have enough faith. If they'd have had enough faith, boy, they could have kept out that fiery furnace. But you know what? It was God's will that they go in that fire. Because it was through them being in the fire that the king got to see the Lord. Preacher, you, I mean, does that mean you don't believe in healings? No, I believe in healings. I've seen healings. I've seen miracles. I've seen God do great things. But it is not God's will to heal everybody. It is God's will for Him to be glorified in every situation. Does this make sense? Please understand that. No matter what, it's not about the miracle. It's about the message. And that's what we're going to see next week. Listen, I encourage you to come. Please come. Be ready. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to read about the bread of life. This is the only, this is the only book that records the sermon about the bread of life after he fed the 5,000. It's going to be great. Church, say amen. amen. All right. We're going to be dismissed because I'm out of time <clears throat> again. All right. All right. How many of y'all will help me pray for Amber and Angie and their family and all, okay? Amen. Lord.